Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Celtic stuff live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for Boston sports. Uh, preseason is right around the corner, and we are wrapping up the off-season interview series. Just three interviews to go, including today's with Bobby Manning, CLNS's own host of the Bobcast and also regular contributor to Celtics blog. I'm sure you're all familiar with him because Bobby's been mentioned on just about every single episode of this off-season series because it was an interview that he did with Chad Finn that really kind of gave me the idea for putting this series together to pass the time between the end of free agency, wrapping that all up, and getting us all the way up into training camp. So really excited to talk to Bobby. I think you're going to love the interview, and I think you're going to be duly impressed with just how mature he sounds for an 18-year-old, and I can tell you, just getting to college, he's still got his head at odds straight. I guess we'll see how long that lasts, but he really has done a fabulous job. If you listen to the Bobcast, just the growth from episode one to this last episode, number 11, right before he hit the road, and I will tell you, I'm I'm really uh, I'm really proud of the work that Bobby's done, and I'm glad that we're going to have him on. I did mention that Chad Finn was the interview or the interviewee on Bobby's show most recently that gave me the idea for putting this series together. So Chad Finn is also going to be joining us. And I think I mentioned on Monday's show with Chris Forsberg that we are absolutely going to hear from Eric Weiss. So that's going to wrap up over the next three episodes. It's going to wrap up the off-season series. I got a ton of people that I still want to talk to um, in this series. Maybe we'll have a different theme next year, but we're certainly going to revisit it. It's a great way to spend the off-season, get a little bit off-topic, but maybe get into learning a little bit more about the people that you listen to or you read every single day. Just before we get into this interview, a reminder to follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter. Follow us at CSL underscore Tweet Live, as well as your hosts at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. 
The entire CLNS Radio network is at CLNS Radio. Don't forget about our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash CLNS fans. That's a shout out. little inside joke to my boy Larry H. Russell over at Celtic Speed. I've been saying backslash for way too long. Go to facebook.com forward slash CLNS fans. Make sure you download the CLNS Radio app for iOS and Android as well. Just search CLNS Radio in your app marketplace and and our YouTube channel is going to be humming coming up here real soon as we do get into the season and preseason. YouTube.com forward slash CLNS Radio for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews. Really excited to get back to the Garden Report with off-season interview series guest from a few weeks back, Jared Weiss. So, Believe me, before you know it, this is going to be hopping and jumping. We're going to have John back. He's finally settled in with his job, so the interview that you're going to be hearing from Chad Finn next week will feature John. So John will be back. We'll be gearing up. Things will be getting exciting. And I just want to say thanks to all of the guests. I know we're not completely done with this series, but a big thanks to all the guests who have participated in this off-season interview series and made it something fun and special for all of our listeners. All right, now for the interview, let's get right into it. Bobby Manning of Celtics Blog and the Bobcast here on CLNS Radio and really multiple other outlets as well. But Bobby, I'm, I'm excited. I've been kind of saving you a little bit for this off-season interview series because really uh, your interview with Chad Finn is what kind of gave me the inspiration to say, you know what, maybe a lot of people would like to hear about different career paths, but I think what makes you such an exciting guest for this episode is the fact that you're right smack dab in the middle of it, and I know you and I have talked on the phone uh, since you joined CLNS Radio, and I know we did a uh, post-game show together last year, but um, or I should say last season, but I think it was still this calendar year. But either way, I think, um, you know, I think, just in talking with you, you're trying so many different things, and you finally got to college, which is really, I think, I just want to capture this while you're still in your first few weeks. So thanks for coming on the show, and I know you just told me and you tweeted out that you're right in the middle of a whole lot of coursework. Oh, yeah, that just hit me over the head with work here. I mean, first semester, you're not even in any communication classes up here. They're not making you do any career work or anything like that. I'm in Spanish. I'm in logic. I'm in all these different classes that have nothing to do with communications. But, you know, just grinding through, getting all the work that I can. I'm actually working for the newspaper here, which has been a complete adjustment because I've never done reporting before. But, you know me, I want to break news one day. I want to be the guy who, you know, is the first to announce a big Celtic signing. That would be a fantastic career path. So, just uh, trying to climb up the ladder here, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you were even covering some uh, volleyball, if I remember correctly, in the early going, like literally within a couple of days of arriving on campus. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I've never watched a volleyball game in my life before I arrived here, but it's fast-paced. It's on a hardwood court. It's a bouncy ball, so, you know, it just kind of brings a little bit of basketball to me when I'm watching, but it's, you know... I've been taking in all the rules, getting to know a lot of different players. A lot of them are really young and, like, freshmen, sophomore, like I am. So 
it's been a good experience. Plus, the coach loves to talk, so that's always good when you're reporting on a team. <laughs> well, you know, I think that's why the Celtics uh, reporter, you know, reporting crew or whatever, the beat, the beat writers and the sportscasters that go and cover the games really were very blessed because Doc Rivers, maybe maybe you didn't always believe what he said. <laughs> I know that's always been a criticism, but if you didn't believe it, at least he talked to you. He'd always give you a lot of nuggets, I, I can tell you. As we all know, it, it must be, or I should say, it must be so much harder covering the Patriots with Bill Belichick, and he had a couple of good ones again this week with the short week and the question marks around the quarterback situation. But we've been blessed because even Brad, I mean, maybe Brad's not quite as, I don't, I, I don't want to say forthcoming because he's very honest and he's willing to do an interview, but you know, Doc always had this way of feeling like you were having like a conversation and not an interview. And uh, but either way, both of them being really willing to uh, give up the the info and and be able to you know talk about what's happening on the court. So I'm glad you're having that experience, and the coach is making it easy on you. Well, it's an organizational thing, and it starts at the top. You know, in the college level, if you have a coach who's willing to be transparent, it's fantastic as a reporter. And the Celtics, it starts from the top. I mean, Wick's very transparent in everything he does. Danny Ainge is always willing to talk, and it just runs right down the ladder. I talked to DA on my uh, uh, podcast, the podcast, a few weeks back, and just the difference between hitting the Patriots locker room, trying to get information from anyone he can. He talked about how they race to the new guys. Like when Danny Amendola first got there, they tried to get to him before the Patriot way got injected into him because once that happens, you're not getting anything from those guys. But, you know, between Syracuse volleyball and Boston Celtics basketball, I'm blessed to have a lot of good stuff to the right to talk about. Yeah, that's the truth. The show's been really awesome. I can't remember the DA show. That's number 11. I was just kind of looking it up. And one of the ones that I found to be also very interesting, and I think it's pertinent to our conversation, is the one with Devin Fink, because he's even younger than you, and he lives down my way in in Pennsylvania outside of Philadelphia. And I I not really followed baseball very closely, so I didn't know who Devin Fink was, but I think that was episode three and it was just so it was crazy interesting to me because here you were you weren't even out of high school and on to college quite yet or or I guess you were out of high school but not quite into college and you're talking to a high another high school and I think I think he's going into his junior year am I correct yeah yep he's uh he's getting up the ladder there he's either sophomore or junior at this point but you got to give him a lot of credit for two reasons he started his own platform which I know from experience is incredibly hard to do. It's one thing to hop on someone else's platform, like I did throughout most of high school between uh, Celtics Placement and eventually Celtics Blog, but to start your own platform and to get a following like he did for his own website and the story about how he dedicated the website to his grandpa who passed away, and he talked about how it's almost like him talking about baseball through that website to his grandfather, which was just such a heartwarming story. I was just getting emotional on air hearing about it. But, um, you know, he's done some amazing things. He's bro- He broke the Billy Butler signing for the Oakland Athletics, which is still a dream of mine to break a major story. And he did it at 14 years old, which is just incredible. And to talk to someone like that who has similar aspirations to me 
or to talk to someone like DA who's already in the field, who's given me inspiration. That's what the show is all about. It's just to inspire both myself and whoever comes across it might be interested in having a career in media. Well, you know, you, you mentioned the Butler story, and I think what, what, what I found fascinating, and one of the things that we haven't really uh, taken a deep dive into in this whole series, but sometimes you just need a little bit of luck. And and I don't mean that breaking the story was luck, but the way that it got spread out, that the tweet got picked up, and then who was it from ESPN that reached out to him? Or I I, it, I remember he said it was, he was Ken doing Rosenthal of uh, Fox Sports, and it was right. crazy because um, Devin actually reached out to him, told him he had this information, he wanted to be able to get credit for it, and then Ken responded back to him. They had a little bit of a back and forth to confirm the information was legit. And then, to Ken's shock, I'd imagine, he went to some sources of his own, figured out in the aftermath that the story was true. So Devin actually beat maybe the number one insider in baseball to a major off-season story, which gives him all the credit in the world for that. They was a major boost to his career, and he deserves it for however he got it done. You know, we'll never know. <laughs> With sources, it's always a secret, but... It's just amazing that it came together and Ken gave credit, so it was legit. Yeah, that's good on Ken for being a real pro like that because I got to think there's times when, well, there's two things that happen in that scenario. One was Devin wanted credit. You know, anytime you have a source, sometimes they don't want credit, and then that information goes forward, and maybe somebody like Ken runs into it, and it's like, all right, well, I'm going to the first one with it. I'm going to bring it out. So, number one, it was that. Devin Devin wanted to get credit for it, but number two, um, you know, once Ken had gone and done the legwork, he really didn't have to to credit. But I think the extra step that he took in that story was also amazing because here's Devin running out to a, to the car in the parking lot of school <laughs> where his mom is waiting for him, and he calls in and he gets an interview on on Ken's show. And I just it's it's amazing to me listening to that story. I mean, anybody who is aspiring, and I mean, the themes have been rocking through every single one of these off-season interview series, and even the most recent one with Chris Forsberg, where he said, listen, when you're young and you're getting started, and you, you should always try to say yes to everything. Just say yes, you know? And uh, that's a scenario where you just see that work ethic from Devin at such a young age. It's I think it's probably a little easy because he's passionate about sports. He can go after it, but to pull it off is really phenomenal. It's, it's, and it's a great time to get started, and that's what you really want to stress to other people around you or even people younger than you. You know, high school, the stakes are high, but not astronomically high, where you can run out of class and go work on an assignment or do an interview with MLB Network or do anything you need to do to start to establish a baseline of talent or experience for yourself. And then, as I've learned here... <laughs> Once you get to the college level, you got to kind of balance a bunch of different responsibilities and it becomes a little bit tougher, but I've been lucky enough to get that baseline experience where I'm already in with the newspaper here and I already have all these other platforms that I can work for. It's just about configuring my schedule now and a shorting time around to get to everything. Well, what, maybe talk a little bit about that. I, I want to go in the Wayback Machine with you a little bit, but first, 
I do want to just talk to you about, you know, this transition and getting to college and settling in. And like you said, it's like, I mean, your head's got to be spinning. And I remember mine was. And then there's this whole balancing social plus school plus and, you know, you always want to come out of the gate successful. But maybe maybe take us down. All right. You're getting in your car. You know, you're leaving uh, Massachusetts. What town were you from? Was it Peabody? Yeah, Peabody on the North Shore, about uh, 20 minutes north of Boston. All right, so you're you're literally driving out of Peabody, and then you head down. And I saw the the pictures. I was like, hey, wait, do you even have a roommate? But you said you did. But just kind of yeah. take us through getting there, getting situated, and maybe, I mean, I'm sure you must have bumbled around a little bit just not knowing what you're doing the first couple of days maybe take us down that road a little bit well it was literally an uphill battle because as you drive from massachusetts up towards central new york you're really just going uphill 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 all the way until you're at this college syracuse which is pretty much situated on a hill and then on top of this hill you have a mountain they call mount olympus fittingly where my dorm is at so on top of this college on a hill, we have another mountain on top of that. So I'm at the top of a campus on a hill, 240 steps above that, and that's where my dorm is. So we're waiting in line. It's real intense just driving up this mountain, waiting in line to get out of the car, and then finally you get up to the front, dump everything out, bunch of people helping you get up to your room on Mine was on the sixth floor. And then, of course, my roommate, Dan, was not there. <laughs> the whole first day, he wasn't there. <laughs> so this guy I was going to be getting started, just getting started with, going around, trying to meet some people, figuring out where everything is on campus, just the whole 10 yards you get to go through. He's not there. The whole second day, he's not there. I'm getting videos from him trying to leave New York City. He's from Long Island. And for two hours he's still going through the city i'm like all right understandable three hours later i look he's still trying to get out of the city all of a sudden the two moving days go by he's still not here we're going for our orientation down at the carrier dome the whole class is there he's still not here finally the end of the second night must have been like nine o'clock i go back up to the room two full days in the book and finally there he is my roommate dan getting situated so he was a little bit behind. I had to catch him up. But, you know, he's sitting right here close to me now. He's doing good. We're all doing good now. And it's just, like you said, your head's spinning. It's a completely new world. I've never been away from home. And here I am a whole state away now. So, you know, I've had a, good, a lot of good people looking out for me here. I've made a lot of great friends. But like I said, the time management's the biggest thing. They tell you that coming in. You don't realize it until all the responsibilities start hitting you over the head. But... That's the biggest thing I'm still trying to figure out right now is putting my responsibilities in the right time frames when I have free time. Because you do have a ton of free time. It's crazy how many open gaps you have where there's just nothing to do and you kind of have to fill it in with whatever you need to do. Yeah, and, you know, you've also taken on extra, like you said, working for the school paper, you know, and then you've got the podcasting and some of the other things, the other projects that you're working on. So... You're going to have no problem filling that time in, I think, as the year continues to go on. And, uh, you know, I don't even know if you've sat for your first set of exams yet. But oh. that, that, 
We're if you have, that. that was a big <laughs> shocker for me. Yeah, we'll get there first week of October. For now, it's still uh, all smiles and fun. I don't want to scare you, but I mentioned this story on the last show with Chris Forsberg. But so I had a, a scholarship, not a full ride, but it would have been a full ride the next, the following three years. But you know, they weed out people in engineering. So I, I went into chemical engineering, and I got a ten on my first chemistry test. Pretty demoralizing to start out. <laughs> it was the very first test in school, man. So it was, uh, it was a little bit of a browbeater, and uh, I, I, I tried to hang in there, but 10. I wound up changing majors. <laughs> yeah, I mean the class average was like thirty-five or thirty-seven or something, but it doesn't matter. It was a ten. Yeah, it's funny. I went into uh, three years of high school Spanish. You would have thought would have prepared me for a high school Spanish class, but I go in first day. The guy is just rambling away in complete Espanol. My head spinning. Talk about head spinning. Sitting in a class where you've never spoken Spanish before, and the guy's just going to town. So first first day of school, I'm like, I'm done with this. That back down to the basic 101. So you know, <laughs> funny stuff happens here and there. You get lost. You know, you find yourself, and then you learn from your mistakes. It's it's just a complete learning process in more ways than one. What are you already learning with the school newspaper as far as, like like you said, you, you haven't really done the reporting under what I would say is a pre-structured environment before. What are you already noticing about that versus what you've been doing for podcasting and writing for Celtics blog, like electronic media where really you have full creative control? It's a, it's a professional environment. That's the biggest thing. That's why I want to be a part of it from the beginning is this is what working for the Boston Globe or wherever I might end up one day will be like. I mean, you have your sports editors. You're on your own beat with several partners. I have a partner, Jake Falk, and Nick Alvarez, who's a freshman like me. So we have a three-man team covering volleyball. And every week we have to get together, come up with story ideas. We have a section of time each week where we can uh, request athletes. So once a week you have your one shot at reporting on your story with the coach and the athlete. you got to take the bus down the South Campus meet with them, get whatever you can in, and then that's it. Unless you go to outside sources, that's your chance to speak with your um, the athlete you're writing about firsthand. So it's really a taste of the industry, and it's a fantastic learning experience. All right, we're talking with Bobby Manning of the Bobcast here on CLNS Radio and Celtics blog, Celtics blog and the Syracuse School Newspaper. As And I think, Bobby, you're doing a few other things as well, but uh, we'll get into that because I know you announced uh, some new coverage right before you headed out this summer as well. But this this uh, interview is brought to you by Fan Essentials. How would you like to get all of your favorite NBA teams' merchandise delivered straight to your doorstep? Check out fanessentials.net. And all you do is pick your favorite sports team, and every month you get team gear shipped right to your door. They find sports gear so you don't have to, and each fan box comes fully packed with some amazing gear. It makes a great gift idea for any sports fan. Prices starting at just thirty. And if you support Celtic Stuff Live, we're going to help you as well by saving you 30% on the first month of your subscription by using promo code CSL2016 at the checkout. So go to fanessentials.net to get 
all the essentials you need. And as a reminder, Celtic Stuff Live is giving away one free month each week to our listeners. We gave that away on Monday's show with Chris Forsberg. We're going to be doing it again at the beginning of next week. And all you have to do to enter or get your chance to win is retweet our show announcement on Twitter with the hashtag Fan Essentials. Just make sure you're following at CSL underscore Tweet Live so we can send you a direct message with information on how to redeem your prize. Stay tuned to next Monday's show. We'll be announcing the next great winner. Okay, Bobby. So let's let's go back even further, and then maybe you can bring us up to speed with all the different uh, places that you're going to be providing content. But start way back. How did you even think about blogging? How did you get to Celtics blog and then on and on? I mean, I know the story about how you found CLNS radio, but include that as well. Uh, It's it's a long story, but if we're going to break it down to the key moments, it's really been about, as you said earlier, getting lucky, being fortunate to be in the right place at the right time, and then making the most of it. Um, Way back, and this is really testing my memory, in 2012, I've always been a ginormous sports fan. I've always had great sports conversations with my friends going back as far as middle school. And my cousin, the guy I talked a lot about football with, a lot about the Celtics with, back when they had those fantastic championship contenders. So we're together. We're watching Thanksgiving football. I'm giving hard-hitting takes on injuries, big plays, news, whatever you can think of. And he turns to me, he's like, why don't you go write about this online? And I'm just like, uh, maybe I will. <laughs> and um, I looked in, I started looking into sports journalism from there, finally started realizing that's actually a career because I wasn't going to be an athlete. I knew, I knew that very well at that point. And that's usually how the story goes, how people end up in sports journalism is that they realize they're not going to be an athlete, so that's the way they're going to be a part of it. And from there... It was just, you know, connecting through Twitter. Twitter was my first outreach to get, meet with, I mean, talk to industry professionals, see how their journeys began. And it's funny, a lot of people start in the same place where they just try something out, build from that, and then more and more opportunities come to them and they take them. And um, it's funny, the way I ended up with Celtics blog, and it's always going to be a story, uh, turning point in my career when I look back at it, is I'm hanging out by the... Celtics media area. I'm always trying to meet with media professionals. I was actually going down there to meet with Sean Grandy, who you talked to a few weeks back because he gave our one of our articles back at this old site I wrote for Celtics. Like, he gave it a shout-out on Twitter, so I was going to thank him for that. And I see this guy walking up the media row on the corner of the uh, loge there in the garden, and he's walking up the stairs, and I see the tag that says Kevin O'Connor. And Kevin O'Connor is a guy who I've always read. He's fantastic. He's now working for Bill Simmons' site, The Ringer. And I pulled him aside. I talked to him for 25 minutes about the stuff I've been doing through high school. He must have been impressed because imagine this, one of my favorite sites for Celtics content to that point, CelticsBlog.com. I got an email from them two weeks later, and they're asking me to write for them. I would have been thrilled if I got to write for that site in college, maybe after college, but there I was with a chance to write for them in high school. I was blown away, and it's been a fantastic experience for probably going on a year now almost. 
Yeah, and you know what? You you bring up Kevin O'Connor, and and he's definitely an example of someone who you know took the took the ability to just provide online content and really vault it. I mean, he's one of the great success stories, and there are many of them coming out of Boston, but he's one of the most recent ones, which is you know fantastic. And we did we did reach out to him. He's like, I'm just not comfortable talking about myself, uh, and, and I think also it was a little fresh. You know, having gotten to the ringer, I wish I'd caught him a couple of weeks before that, um, but but I didn't catch him until after uh, it had been announced. And so then I was like, well, yeah, it's a new job, and you got to be a little careful with your brand when you're when you're starting new, especially on a big stage like that. And he's done an awesome job. I think you know, again, finding a way to distinguish yourself or set yourself apart from the pack is one of the greatest ways to develop your career. And his draft guide was really something special, something to behold. And that, I that it was always sort of like, I remember Mark Murphy tweeting about it, Mark Murphy, the Boston Herald, tweeting about it saying, you know, this is just a, a labor of love every year, but, but we all love it and enjoy it, you know. And the other thing that Kevin did with that is he didn't make it super proprietary. He, he said, listen, you know, just pay what you can, but this is the recommended amount, and, you know, I appreciate it. And I loved it because when I sat down to do our live show on draft night, his draft guide was exactly what was sitting in front of me. And that's what you want to do in this industry is create something that people truly love, people really want to view, and something that people can gain from. And that's the that's the challenge. You got to find a way to make yourself unique, bring something to the table that's not out there. And I don't think anyone there's certainly been draft guides before, but a comprehensive, special yearly edition like he brought out every year with strengths, weaknesses, all these advanced stats. No one used advanced stats quite like Kevin O'Connor did back here with Celtics blog and as he continues to do with the ringer. He really branded himself into something special and he he was a big reason Celtics blog became what it was. I mean he's been work he was working there for a long time, starting from just writing about players and games like I did to moving towards advanced analysis of the team and even becoming a reporter who's around the team on a regular basis eventually through the site. So he really made the site his own with how he managed himself there, and he was able to do something really special. And he's one of my biggest inspirations. I mean, he reached out to me. He offered me the job at Celtics Bargain. and he helped me get acclimated there. And I can't thank him enough for that. You know, it's funny, Celtics Blog has been just such an institution and a great outlet, like you said, an awesome opportunity for you and Kevin, and we had Jeff Clark on early in this series, and one of the, you know, we didn't really get into a lot of the names, but a lot of people have gone through there, one that Chris Forsberg brought up and reminded me about, one of the earlier individuals to get press credentials that also wrote for Celtics blog was Greg Payne, who's gone on into a new industry now. And, you know, Chris told us a little bit about that story. But, you know, Jeff Clark has done a nice job of running that site. And I know now, uh, you know, it's under the SB Nation umbrella. But even from the beginning, it was sort of like, you know, this is your canvas. I'm not going to tell you how to provide content, you know, 
uh, just go ahead and, and spread your wings a little bit. And I guess that's why I asked you the question about the school newspaper, because, you know, one of the great things about online media and, you know, again, to, to Kevin's benefit with the draft guide, et cetera, is that you're able to distribute your content the way you see fit. And that draft guide was really more of a way to raise. It wasn't Kevin trying to make money, but obviously he wanted to get a little something for his extreme hard work but really it was you know buy this and talk about it and see the good work that i'm doing and promoting himself and it worked to a t the other thing i think if we're going to talk about unique things that people have done one of the real unique things that you did uh recently was challenge jay king to play some basketball <laughs> we really just, have to talk about this. we have to i know you don't like i i saw the video and i know how you feel about it <laughs> but but i will say it was it was really cool and we had john corrales on in this series as well and obviously uh him he and jay are the hosts of the locked on celtics podcast but it was just funny in talking to him because I said, you know, that that could ev- that could have, and still could, I suppose, but really would have been an awesome um, fundraiser event with different guys from the media, like engaging in this large one-on-one tournament and just having fun with it. And the way you produced the video really made it. I mean, I was, everybody was waiting for it. And even when you put it out, you said, I know it's long overdue, but you took your time with it. And it was incredibly entertaining. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was my first, it was my very first video cut. I had my buddy Brandon from uh, Peabody come down with us, record the whole day. I must've paid him like 10 bucks or something. And, you know, he'll do, he'll take money and do whatever you want. So he comes along in the car with me. I knew exactly how I wanted this to be outlined. You know, the documentary style, the drive there, all the hype building up to it, my little commentary as the game gets closer and closer. And we had Jared Weiss there of Celtics Blog and Sam Packard, who is a regular on a lot of different podcasts too. And just having that whole Celtics media crew down there on the basketball court trash talking, going back and forth, and what unfortunately was a very uncompetitive game. And I got to give it to Jay. I mean, I, I both overestimated my basketball skills and underestimated his. You know, you could certainly see who was more in shape. And if that was the battle, I would have come away with the trophy. But his shooting ability was impeccable. He had nice size to match up with me. He must be six two, six three with. 210, 220 pounds on him. So he bodied me around a little bit, thrilled a lot of threes. So I just kind of had to tip my cap to him. But it was it was such a fun day. And if we were able to organize it a little better, it would have been fantastic to do it for charity. But, yeah, it was just something we threw together one week in the summer. I shot a tweet at him because if you shoot a tweet question at Jay's basketball game, that's the sure way to get him to respond. He did, and we set it up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though you've got you've got another ten months to make it a second annual event, and and you could pull in a lot more people to play, and uh, you could turn it into a charity. I I definitely would be interested in getting involved with that. I would definitely help if if that was something that had legs or wings or wh- however you want to put that. I would definitely 
support it and uh, do my best to, you know, hey, sponsor me in the tournament. We'd have to figure out a way to, to have it be a fundraiser. But I'm telling you, everybody <laughs> well, we'll in Celtics media had fun dude, with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I listen, you know, the first couple of years you do something like that, you're just doing it to have fun and, you know, see if you can see if you can put, you know, a couple thousand dollars into a, into a charity's, you know, coffers. But, you know, you never know how that takes off. And remember, there's all kinds of people that would be participating that have an audience, a large audience. And so you almost wonder if you could sell tickets and, and do a whole lot of fun stuff with it. Maybe we could even do it at that uh, fancy new practice facility that the Celtics are plotting. <laughs> well, let's put that in our five to ten year plan. <laughs> well, you know, it, sh- it shows how close knit the Celtics uh, coverage community really is. I mean, we're all great friends. We're always reaching out to each other. We're always helping each other where we can. Chris Forsberg does that awesome summer forecast every year, where pretty much the whole Celtics media entourage comes together off their vacations and does these little pieces online. It's it's a great community, the Celtics media as a whole. And, you know, the fact that he would come out and do that, he didn't have to walk very far. I had to move much further for it than he did. But, you know, the fact that he would come out and do that was really awesome to me. And we had a fun day, even though I took a hefty beat down. Yeah, well, that's just one game, and yeah. <laughs> you know, you give it another ten years, you know, he, he his body's going to be in rough shape. You could definitely <laughs> plan to take it up We're and crack at him a little direction. later. <laughs> so, we talked a lot. I, I mean, I want to say it was after maybe three episodes. It was. It was after the Devin Fink episode you and I kind of got together and you were looking for, hey, this is really my first foray into doing podcasting and audio. And, you know, we talked about a lot of different things and definitely diversification was a big one. You said, I want to try a lot of stuff. And you even mentioned photography as being something that you have a little bit of a passion for and you'd like to incorporate into your coverage. So you've done written work. You're now getting into audio, and I and I think I, I do want to ask you about that as well. But you know, at some point, there's going to be maybe some photography involved, and you took a crack at video in producing the uh, the basketball uh, matchup between you and Jay. But I, maybe just talk a little bit about you know how important it is to diversify the types of content and have a varied number of experiences early on, especially because I can almost see, you know, like even Jay King is another good one, the way he weaves in some video with his writing and then he's doing the podcast. You can see it's almost going to maybe be a prerequisite to really have an online presence in the future. Well, the writing's the baseline. You got to be a good writer to make it in communications. Uh, that's just the start of it. But diversification is key because, in any platform you're working, you're going to have to do a little bit of everything, especially if you're in a small organization where each person is at, going to have to take on a lot more responsibility. So I've always realized that. I've always known that there's more to media than just writing. So, you know, photography, it's going to be something I try to t- dip my toes in a little bit. I'm not going to go full-on photography for a semester or anything like that, but... 
wherever I can get a chance, I'm going to try to find a little bit of experience. And that's what's been great about the Celtics post-game shows I've been doing through CLNS Radio, the Bobcast. Being able to put my voice on the microphone and being more compelling of a speaker, figuring out how to edit sound, it's just all a valuable experience. And wherever you end up, stuff that you've done is going to build up and make you just a more experienced, well-rounded journalist, which at the end of the day in this multimedia landscape are in, that's the key to being great at what you do is being able to do a lot of different things. And of course, you're going to want to specialize in one area. That's what's going to make you special. But overall, you want to have a nice foundation of many different skills. And that's why I've been trying to get in a little bit of everything. Yeah, you know, I I remember my very first episode of Celtic Stuff Live. Well, I, I think we just called it Celtic Stuff. It wasn't live at the time. It was pre-recorded. <laughs> and it's not live now either. Now, now it's live to tape, right? We've come full circle. But but what I will say is that I remember listening back and I was miserable. I, I really didn't know. I had so many filler words and the way that I was speaking. And I still do have a decent amount of filler words in my work. But I had found a way to smooth it out a little bit and and get better over probably about six months and then it really started to lock in over maybe about two years after that was when I really finally had the confidence and felt like I was in control of the show and the dialogue and my interview skills were at a point where I at least could live with them when I would listen to the show and critique myself afterwards. But I wanted to ask you about that because I've gone back and listened to like the first 20 minutes of the, of the first show here and there and just been like, wow, you've come a long way. But what was it like? Because I think you made an enormous amount of progress from episode one of the Bobcast until this last one with DA. And that's only 11 episodes. It's a very short period of time. I know for me, confidence was a big factor in improving my overall ability to record and deliver the show. But maybe tell me a little bit or tell our listeners a little bit about how that evolved for you and what you tried to do to get yourself to a point where you were comfortable with the product. Well, the fact that it was the summer of senior year was key. I had plenty of time to prepare every week. I had a whole day to record and manage everything that I needed to do on the day that I wanted to put it out, which is going to become a little bit harder here where I'm doing so many different things every week. But, you know, I think preparation is key. Uh, confidence, like you said, you have to know that the first time you do something, it's not going to go well, and you basically have to come back see what you did wrong and learn from that. And I think that's where you were key. You were able to listen to a lot of those early episodes I did, point out certain things that you were able to critique that I may not have noticed. And I was able to hone in on some of those in the ensuing episodes and build off that. I think with anything, starting and realizing that you're not going to be an expert at it and taking everything as it comes to you and learning from it, that's the key to becoming great at anything. And even reporting here, the first time I ever went in, reported on a college game, I was a mess. I was disorganized. You know, the press conference kind of freaked me out just being in that environment where you only have a certain amount of time to ask questions. And then you're on a deadline after and you got to get it in. I was just a complete mess that first game I ever covered here. Now I've covered a few games. I'm comfortable in it. I know what I need to do every time. And 
it really, if you're learning from your mistakes, it really doesn't take that long to make a good amount of progress. It's interesting because what you just described was you kind of created a routine for yourself that will eventually become almost systematic. And I think that's sometimes if when you have that foundation, it can give you that confidence. And I remember when we talked, the other thing that I had mentioned to you was really about, and I just, I want to share it with everybody who listens to the show, but it was sort of like getting in touch with your value system and getting in touch, making sure you really understand who you are and allowing that perspective to enter every dialogue and every conversation or every interview. And that creates your tone, your voice, and it strings together show to show to show a common theme, which is, you know, what you believe in and what you stand for. And your opinions are always built around that. And I know there are skilled, especially on on air personalities that are skilled at creating a new person that isn't really even them you know you look at somebody like Gary Tangway who gets slammed all the time but the truth is is that Gary is willing to create this alternate persona he's so good (laughs) that he can stay in character I mean he's an actor and I believe he actually has done um, some on stage work as well like he's a he has done some legit or maybe it's amateur acting or whatever I'm not exactly sure I remember interviewing him 10 years ago and we talked about it but sometimes you can create a character and stay in character but early on and that was really my advice to you was figure out who you really are and stay centered on that and let that guide the integrity of your show and what you're trying to deliver as a message, even above and beyond just the interview or the content for that day. Yeah, there's no characters on the broadcast yet, but maybe down the line that could be an effective strategy we put to use. Uh, right now, I think what's important is the show has an identity, and people know what they're getting every week. We have different guests which give each episode a different flavor. There's a different area we cover. Next week, we're talking to uh, Jeff Perlman, who's writing a... By, or has written a biography on Brett Favre. So the process someone goes through to write a book, which is, I can only imagine, is such a long, drawn-out, extensive process. Digging into how someone goes about that and what he had to do with the problems he faced, that going through someone's experiences is just such an awesome experience for me. And seeing people who have done great things, like of course he has, and getting inside their head and seeing how they got through tough times. Because really... I'm at a point in my life right now where there's a lot of uncertainty. I don't know where I'm going to end up in the future. And seeing where some of these people who have established themselves in the field, done great things, and hearing what they were able to do in the past to get to where they are now, I think it not only helps me, but it helps a lot of people who might be interested in doing great things as well. So I think the fact that the show can really help and inspire people, and that's become the identity of the show, is huge for me. The fact that we have that 11 weeks in, it makes me really proud of how far we've come. Yeah, I've really enjoyed the Bobcast, and as as you mentioned, took a special interest in it and have listened to every single show. And I would really encourage listeners of Celtic Stuff Live to be downloading um, the Bobcast on the CLNS Radio app. We're also going to be right back. We're going to take a quick break for our newest sponsor, audible.com so stay tuned and we'll be right back with bobby manning from the bobcast here on clns radio celtics blog and uh, syracuse university
All right, we're back with Bobby Manning. And, Bobby, I, you just were talking in the last segment about how you were using these interviews not only to you know provide great content, but they're also a learning tool for you very clearly because in your next one, you're, well, in all of them, truly, your interviews have also been about learning lessons or, hey, what what is it that you know that I don't know that you can talk to me about to help not only your career, but it's helpful to the people that are listening to the show as well. But I just love that because I think you're at a big part of your life where everything is about learning and you're taking that approach of I'm moldable. You know, I just want to, I want to hear what, what you have and what your experiences are so I can take some nuggets and craft my own plan and my, my path forward I really like I really like what I'm hearing there, but it's definitely been on the show. But I wanted to tie it into mentorship because that's a theme we really haven't addressed. But you talk to anybody that's successful in any industry, and they almost always mention some some sort of a mentor, somebody who took them along. And, and you alluded Kevin O'Connor may have been a little bit of a mentor for you. It was obviously the connection that brought you to Celtics Blog, but. Do you find that, well, first off, do you have any mentors that in your life that are sort of helping you craft your career? But then even secondly, did you even run into any peers in high school or maybe now that you're in college where they've they've looked to other people for mentorship? Or is it something that, that maybe you're ahead of the game on? Well, when it comes to people who have helped me out along the way, i got to start with my parents, you know what I mean? I never had to work throughout high school. I knew a lot of people in high school who had to work just to push themselves through school throughout the week, you know, and balancing that with doing well in high school. It's just such a hard task for so many different people. So the fact that my parents were able to hold me up financially through high school and I never really had to worry about money is huge for me. I'll always appreciate that and the hard work they did to give me the comfort to be able to branch out and try all these different things in high school rather than working in a restaurant or something for six days a week. But as far as uh, professional mentors go, it starts and ends with Adam Kaufman. He works at CBS Radio, 98.5 The Sports Hub. He was our first guest on the podcast. And if I had to point to anyone who was an inspiration for me making my college choice, it was him. He went here back in the early 2000s, did a lot of great work here, and eventually crafted into a radio career. And he's, I'd say he's part of the Celtics media, too. we got to throw him in there. He does a Celtics uh, show every Saturday morning on 98.5. Celtics at 7, right? Yep, Celtics at 7. So Adam Kaufman's fantastic. He's so approachable. He's so open, and I remember way back when I started my career, I had about a 30-minute phone conversation with him. He was one of the first industry professionals who I reached out to because my aunt works with his mother, and when I started mentioning working in sports media to people in my family, she immediately sprung up and said, oh, I know someone who works in sports media. So we got connected very early on. Uh, We talk very regularly about things I'm doing, and now I've reached out to him about how to survive on the Syracuse campus, and he's really been my mentor along the way, and I've never met him in person. I can't wait until the day I meet him in person, but along the way, he's just given me 
advice on life, professional work, how to handle yourself in tough times. Like he's just been such an amazing mentor. He's been there for me every time I've needed him. And, you know, DA was another inspiration for me going to Syracuse, the great work he's done between 98.5 and CBS radio. Um, Tony Capabianco, he writes for the Thunder in the Oklahoma City area. You guys over at CLNS Radio have really helped me push along the podcasting aspect of my career. Just knowing a lot of different people and taking bits and pieces of what they've done and adding it to who I am as a whole is really kind of how I crafted out a career out of basically nothing to have to start a high school. I mean, I didn't really have any journalism programs in my school. A lot of the things I did in high school were just self-driven, inspired by others. So as far as my career goes so far, mentors have been pretty much everything. What's interesting is you're talking about networking as well, and somebody who has been a huge influence on you already to date is somebody that you haven't even met yet in person, which is really outlines, I think, the age that we're in today. And yeah, because we can read each, you know, read your work and we listen to you on the podcast, there's some way for people to think, oh, I, I know that person. And even uh, the original host of Celtic Stuff Live, so JB and John Duke and myself, we we didn't even meet until I want to say it was at least a year and a half or two years into it. And it's just funny how that can happen now. When I was growing up, it really wasn't possible. Networking was definitely like through who you knew and it was a who you know scenario. And a lot of people, even in my generation still, I was an early adopter of technology and social <laughs> media, but there's plenty of people in their mid forties that when you talk about networking, it really means a face to face event. You know, maybe you're reaching out by phone and trying to connect, but it, it's totally different, and I wanted to know if you could talk maybe with some successful tips about how to make those networking connections in, you know, the now that, you know, we're almost, we're really not that far away from 2020, right? I mean, it's, it's we're almost 20 good years into the internet era. How did you network online? What are some good, what are some do's and don'ts? for somebody who's young because I could tell you on one of the shows, I think it was Jared Weiss, he said, oh, I got a, I, I get these Twitter direct messages and they're like, hey, can you get me a job or can you give me a job? <laughs> that That is a definite don't, but maybe that inspires you to give us some do's and don'ts for networking professionally without having met somebody face-to-face. -face. I wouldn't say there's many don'ts. Um of course, that was kind of ill-advised, those people just jumping in the chair DM for stuff like that. And, you know, it's kind of funny how <laughs> you want to stay away from talking about jobs when, of course, that's what we're all looking for at the end of the day. But uh, there is certainly a strategy to networking. And I think being sincere is first and foremost, like explaining to these people that you're trying to get yourself started and I think getting yourself started is key when it comes to networking because at that point, as they say, you're not a threat to these people in the industry. You're not looking for jobs yet if you're in high school. You're not trying to get in as an intern or anything like that. All you're looking for is just quality, sincere advice from people who have done great things. And, you know, 
these people are proud of what they do. They're proud of their stories and the work they've done. So they, a lot of these, a lot of people, if they're not extremely busy, are going to take the time to get back to you, give you honest, sincere advice, lessons they've learned. And as great as it be, if you could, uh, if I could shoot DA an email and be like, get me on board with CBS Radio. I think the sincere advice he's given me has been probably second most valuable to if you could do that first thing. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think what you just said about being sincere is an extremely important point. And and not asking for too much is, is secondary to that because if you're being sincere about what you want, which is ultimately I want to develop my career, this is what I want to do with my life, and I really am just looking for some good advice and some insight and anything that can help me achieve my goal, that's very sincere. Um, hey, I want a job means, you know, I just want you to give me something and I don't want to do any work for it, which is two totally different attitudes. And if you're sincere about building a career, no matter what the profession, whether it be, you know, sports coverage on any, you know, at, in any way, whether it's journalism or it's, you know, you're going to do on air, whatever it is, if you're really sincere about developing your career, then you're not going to necessarily take shortcuts. I mean, listen, everybody wants to push and, and get there as fast as they can. But to get there, you need to be focused on your own personal development. I think there's a lot of cross themes with successful organizations and how coaches approach the players and the day-to-day preparation, you know, day in and day out for a game. And you hear it all the time from somebody like Brad Stevens where, you know, if they're if the team is sincerely interested in getting better and winning a championship, then these are the things we're going to do to work together as a team and develop our identity and improve our skills and especially our ability to work together. So um, I guess one thing I wanted to ask you about, because I don't think anybody that's been on the show, maybe Jared Weiss, I'm not sure, but maybe Jared, but I don't think anybody that's been on as a guest yet has really qualified as a millennial. And I can tell you... Are we going to get into this? Oh, just a little (laughs) bit because, you know, it hasn't come up yet. But I think it's important, and I really want your... I want your take because millennials are getting such a bad rap right now. (laughs) Honestly, am I I a a millennial? I don't even know what I told you. I'm not sure if you are. You might be post-millennial. And I, oh, all right. I'd have to look. To, you know, I, I, I don't know how they draw these lines exactly, and then eventually, you, they will sort of carve it out and put a year. You know, uh, they'll say it's this birth year to this birth year means you're a millennial, and then they haven't figured out what the name is maybe for your generation yet. I mean, I was sort of on the somewhere between Generation X and Y, and I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. All I want to say is that a lot of people feel like this millennial generation just wants something for nothing. They want it for free. This is like the negative criticisms. But then I look at somebody like you and Devin and I go, you're doing everything that somebody would, would, you know, you've got the work ethic and you're spreading yourself around and you're not afraid to reach out and you're looking for mentorship. Like you're, 
it, whatever the stereotype might be for millennials, you're the counter millennial. You're the anti millennial, right? <laughs> and so I wanted to ask you about that. Like, do you feel like you stand out in the crowd against your peers, or do you think that that work ethic and drive is is prevalent amongst your peer group? Well, I think a major driving factor in why I was able to work so hard in high school and, you know, stay up for all those late nights and do everything I had to do to get to where I am now. I think the fact that people saw what I was doing, saw how hard I was working and appreciated that, and a lot of my friends really supported what I was doing. A lot of nights I wouldn't be going out with them, but they'd still be behind me because they really saw what I was doing. They saw it as special, and they really appreciated the work I was putting in. I think I'm not going to condemn my generation or anything like that, but it takes time to find a passion for something. And I'm really lucky that I was able to find my passion very early on. And once you find what you love, I think it becomes easy to put in the work needed to be great at that. Because like you said, there's a lot of different walks of life out there and being successful in the, the process it takes really isn't all that different, whether you're an athlete or an advertiser or a journalist. You know, it takes a lot of the same similar attributes out of a person to be great at something. And I'm lucky that I figured out early on that I wanted to be journalism. And you really can't expect a lot of people to know what they want to do for life at age 18. So I can't blame a lot of the people around me for not knowing what they want to do. But, um, you know, I, I, I just find... Do you think college is for everybody? I, I, I didn't mean to jump on you there, but you touched on a theme that came up in the last show with Chris Forsberg, and I was just sort of describing how... And my wife and I have had this conversation quite a lot. It's like the expectation is that, especially if your family has a tradition of going to college, the expectation is you're going to go to college and you're going to do it right when you get out of high school. And that can be a lot of pressure on people. Like you just said, how can you expect somebody to know what they want to do when they're, when they're 18? I mean, that is a lot to expect. There's a whole life ahead of them. And do you, do you think everybody should go to college right out of high school if they can? Or do you think there's merit in taking a break? Like, you have the luxury of knowing what you want to do, and you're at a university that 100% is going to help you achieve your goal in many different ways, not only because of the programs that they have available to you and the fact that the university is obviously one of the top universities in the country, well-recognized. There's all those benefits, but, but also it's going to benefit you because you know what you're doing by being there. Yeah, it's it's great because there's so many different resources here for me to take advantage of and, you know, get my foot wet in different areas. I really do plan on trying out a lot of different of the um, assets available to me here, whether it's the newspaper or the radio station we have here. There's even a TV station here because, you know, I do know I want to be in sports journalism, but where I really want to specify my aims long term, that's still a bigger question. And people always have questions about what they want to do long term. You always hear these stories of people going to college for, what did Tony Maserati go to college to study like ancient Greek text or something? And now he's <laughs> the host on a leading sports radio program in 
uh, Boston area. So I think that's one of the most exciting things about college is you're here, you're doing work for this, but you never know where you're going to be next year or the year after that or even after college. Who knows? You could be Mark Cuban in 20 years. <laughs> it's, it's really amazing, and that's why I love talking to all these people and figuring out how they ended up going from freshman year in college studying math to being one of the great radio hosts in the country, or that's just uh, hypothetical right there. But I, that's why I love talking to people and seeing their journeys and how they've progressed through the years. Because even me, I'll admit it, like, I know I want to be in sports media, but I know that could change next year, the year after that. Things change. And I think the most important thing is being educated. And, you know, college may not be for everyone, but, you know, go and learn a trade. Go and go to a community college and advance your education that way. I think ed- knowledge really is power. And, you know, maybe you don't want to go spend $60,000 a year at a private university. I wouldn't blame you if you don't want to do that. But, you know, go advance yourself educationally. I think that's the... <laughs> I'm talking like I'm the master of the world right now. But if I had to give someone advice younger than me, but, uh, that's what I'd say to them. Well, you know, if you want to progress and further in your life, you have to keep learning. No matter where you get that learning or education, you to grow, you must learn and adapt. And to your point, be flexible. Your perspective is refreshing, especially at your age. You really are wise beyond your years, uh, Bobby. And uh, for those of you who are not following Bobby Manning, you need to. He's a real up-and-comer. You can find him here on CLNS Radio. Download our mobile app. Just search CLNS Radio in your app marketplace and listen to the Bobcast. Be looking for his content this season on Celtics Blog. Bobby, where else? Oh, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're so close. Like, what, 10 days away? Very, very close. Where else are you contributing, Bobby, before we wrap? Any other sites or uh, projects that you're working on that you want to plug? So uh, CelticsBlog.com is my primary focus. Uh, Bobcast pod.libson.com is where you can find the podcast. You can also find it on iTunes, of course. And uh, dailyorange.com. Hopefully, you know, I'm on volleyball right now. Hopefully that won't be the case forever. But, you know, they do fantastic work there. It's fantastic, legitimate journalism work. I mean, we break stories in the Syracuse community there before some of the mainstream media in the area does. I mean, we really are a professional journalism organization and the people who run this institution, and it really is an institution that goes back almost a hundred years. We had alumni day this past weekend and seeing like these 80 year old dudes come back to the daily orange who wrote there decades and decades ago is just a sight to behold. But um, to see these students are holding professional positions at the, this newspaper it, and it's a college student run newspaper and having seeing it run professionally is so inspirational uh that's at dailyorange.com there's a lot of great work there and uh those those are in my three main areas of focus this semester all right you can follow him at real bob manning on twitter bobby <laughs> i really twitter, though. what's that Nothing beats Twitter, though. That's the spot to be every game night. Oh, dude, it's so much fun. And that's where, the, like you said, the camaraderie amongst all the media personnel covering the Celtics. I just, I've, I've loved it. It's, it's so much fun. And I really enjoyed 
this conversation with you, Bobby, and I wanted to just thank you personally for sort of inspiring me because I don't know what I would have done to fill the gap once things quieted down all the way up until training camp. This just gave me a, a great way to sink my energy and time. And you know how it is. If you stop being disciplined in what you do, it takes a little while to get you know, shake the the cobwebs off and and get it up and running again. And that's what the off season, and it is getting to be a shorter off season, but that's typically what the off season can do. It's a, it's a nice time for a break, but sometimes you don't come in with the gusto into training camp. You're not quite ready because, you know, you have taken this, this time off and this series has been really special to me and I really enjoyed it. I intend on picking it back up next season next year for the off season as well so that uh we continue it because there's still so many more people i want to talk to might squeeze in a couple more definitely need to get to chad finn before just because it was his interview or your interview with him that was you know we got to come full circle on that but chad will definitely be one more before we hit training camp but thank you again for for being an inspiration Oh, appreciate it. And, you know, we're going to keep making our podcast better, just like your podcast. You know, from the very beginning, there's a lot of growth with yours. And, you know, talking to you guys way back on the trade deadline last year, it's funny how far we've come from there because having my own podcast at all was only a dream there. And now we're right in the midst of it. It's funny how far you can come in a short amount of time. Amen to that. All right, everybody. Bobby Manning from the Bobcast. And here on CLNS Radio, as well as Celtics Blog and the Daily Orange. Just another great guest for this off-season interview series. Thanks, Bobby, for uh, making being the inspiration and helping, uh, helping us wrap this up. So it's just been fantastic. Like I said, to kick off the show, we've got a few more episodes coming at you. We've got one with Chad Finn and one with Eric Weiss. That's going to close it out. We've been in touch with Mark Spears. He's definitely going to help us kick it off in October as the preseason gets underway. Looking forward to catching up with him. It's actually been quite a while. It was last January that we spoke with Mark Spears, and we hadn't even brought Celtic Stuff Live back to the internet yet. At the time, we were covering for Celtic Speed. Larry H. Russell getting a little New Year's reprieve and getting a breather of oxygen. But I will tell you, after he reached out to us to do that, John and I got the bug, and, and here we are. We're going to be completing our first year back in short order. So really, really happy to be part of the CLNS Radio Network. Great to have a number of CLNS Radio show hosts on this off-season interview series. So like I said, stay tuned. We're going to be announcing another FanEssentials.net winner on Monday's broadcast, and then we're going to close out next Thursday and get right into training camp. Really Really excited about that. Uh, and as I am sure you are as well, just a reminder as we close out the show, this broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Radio mobile app as well as clnsradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and my co-host who will be back for the interview with Chad Finn at CSL 
underscore Duke. Appreciate everybody who tuned in this week. And just a reminder, you can support this show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review on the show because your feedback is supremely important to us. And a reminder that today's show has been brought to you by Audible.com and FanEssentials.net. Not only do they have a great deal for all of you listeners, but most importantly, you would be supporting our show, Celtic Stuff Live, and the entire CLNS Radio Network. Just a big thanks, as always, to the loyal audience of this show and the CLS Radio Network that make it all worthwhile. And for staff writer Eddie Santiago, program director Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Radio, Nick Gelso, and my co-host, John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.